confronting current marketplace issues surrounding the cannabis industry. Welcome to Cannabis Realities, represented by the law offices of Brock Eichler, LLC. Go inside current marketplace issues with insightful interviews from the thought leaders making the case for cannabis. Podcasting from the Garden State of New Jersey, Cannabis Realities, represented by the law offices of Brock Eichler, LLC, is now in session. Here to make our opening statement is our lead counselor, Charles Gormelli. Welcome back to Cannabis Realities, where our mission is to deliver insights and reliable information from thought leaders who have a demonstrated expertise in the wide spectrum of issues encountered in cannabis business and the cannabis reform movement that is sweeping the country. Today, we're really happy to be able to welcome Andy Williams to Cannabis Realities. Andy's among uh, America's most pioneering thought leaders and entrepreneurs in the legal cannabis space. He was co-founder and CEO of the celebrated retail cannabis chain, Medicine Man, and co-founder and chairman of the board of industry-leading consultancy, Medicine Man Technologies. He's got extensive cultivation expertise and unparalleled business acumen. Most recently, he's been the founding partner of the phytopharmaceutical company, MedFarm. Uh, Andy heavily is heavily invested into the future of pharmaceutical grade uh, cannabis research, and he's a board member of the American Trade Association for Cannabis and Hemp, a member on the ASTM Committee D37 on cannabis, which is currently developing important standards for cannabis, its products and processes for the esteemed Worldwide Standards Organization. Thankfully, uh, you know. Andy's able to join with us today, and welcome, and thanks for taking the time with us to be on Cannabis Realities, Andy. Well, thank you very much, and I hope everybody had a great 420. Yeah, we re- really did. Uh, uh, it's, it's, I think they're going to get better and better as the years go on, but I'm, I always marvel at how fanta- what a fantastic movement is, is surrounding 420 on a whole variety of levels, uh, it, from the science right to the fun side of it. Uh, help me yeah. help, uh, help our listening audience understand how you came to your obvious interest in cannabis. Uh, what's your background, and how did how did it first cross your cross your radar screen? Sure, um, my background is uh, is industrial engineering, uh, but I've always been an entrepreneur, and and so I would get a job in the corporate world in different types of manufacturing of one sort of another between failed businesses. And, uh, and so, you know, I did a lot of different things with businesses, but some of them, you know, broke even, some of them lost money, but nothing could make a living for me. And, um, and so in 2009, when the Ogden memorandum came out stating that the federal government was going to put a low priority on enforcing cannabis laws for people following state laws. Um, I went to my brother, who's also an entrepreneur, and uh, he had a successful custom tile company, but he was also growing marijuana in his basement under the Colorado Constitution. And he's, he's a just a genius when it comes to invention and and learning new things. And he had taught himself how to grow cannabis over the last number of years really well, and and was making uh, a you know a nice chunk of money as a hobby out of his basement, helping other people. And so I went to him and I said, let's go big with this. You be the green thumb, I'll be the business and, and let's go. And for me, it was nothing altruistic. I, I was more of a libertarian on the front where I said, well, listen, I don't 
know if I believe in the, the, the medical side of this, but I, I believe people should be able to do it. And of course, once we started the business, I, I learned how ignorant I was pretty quickly and how, how important it is for some people. And it is medicine for them. But that's how I got started. My brother and I teamed up and, and away we went. You know, it sounds like your your path is the, is a similar path of a lot of folks I've talked to in the cannabis business, and some of which starts from not really appreciating the significance of the plant. To help us understand what you've learned uh, about the plant and the challenges uh, to really good research in the area, because I think that really helps our listeners understand your most recent venture in MedFarm. Yeah. Yeah, so just some anecdotal stories. I mean, if you hang out in a dispensary for a day, let's say you work there, you would hear um, stories, you know, throughout the day of people's testimonials and how cannabis helps them. And, and you know, maybe I'll start with just a story of one of the most impactful uh, testimonies that I heard. It was it was actually on, I don't know, it was either on a 420 or... I can't remember. There was a lot of people though. And and a woman came up to me and uh, she grabbed my elbow really hard. I was standing outside speaking with customers and we were at one of our dispensaries and she said, I need to talk to you. And I, and I said, boy, this, this woman is very angry. I need to figure out what's going on. So she led me aside and um, you know, I, I was getting ready to hear her lambast me for something. And she started crying and she said, I need to thank you. And I said, well, why do you need to thank me? And she said, because of the marijuana that I buy here and for my niece, she had a five-year-old niece at the time who was in an induced coma because of the severity and frequency of her seizures. So she was, you know, in essence, dead to her family, um, not able to interact. But because of the marijuana that she was buying at our dispensary uh, and administering to this young child, the child was again going to school and playing with the kids and interacting with the parents and having a life. And, and you know, that brought chill, chills to me, tears to my eyes. It was a wonderful thing, but I heard a lot of those stories. And, but then dealing with changing laws in Colorado, um, you know, in, in not only Colorado, but around the country, I've testified around the country. Um, you know, we kept hearing from lawmakers that we need more evidence, we need more research, and it's not available. And, and it was an excuse. It was a crutch for people who didn't want to address the issue of legalizing cannabis. And, and more than that, um, you know, I, I had talked to so many people and heard their testimonies about what was going on. I knew I had to get into that space. I had to get into the research because, you know, doing something that can help humankind is something that, that not many people get a chance to do. And it's exhilarating. Uh, so it's a real passion project. I, I, I feel like I'm droning on. I can keep going. One yeah. thing that would be interesting for you to to comment yeah. on is while you're while this interest is growing in you and while you're seeing evidence in the field that people are really feeling the consequence and of having access to it as a medicine, you have the federal government has this scheduled with a class, a schedule one classification, essentially declaring under our prohibition laws that this is a substance that has no therapeutic value and in fact has a high propensity of abuse. So what, how does yeah. that impact of Schedule 1 uh, impact on your business and particularly uh, the MedFarm business? Well, the Schedule 1 is, is ridiculous. We all know that. 
Um, but it is that it is scheduled that way right now. And so, um, as a marijuana licensee in Colorado, in order to conduct research, um, you know, we, there's a lot of things you have to do that our license type won't allow for. And, and so, you know, and maybe I'll go back a little bit. Um, you know, you, you're, you're kind of hitting on something that, that I had to work on. Maybe the story about how we started this. So you mentioned I founded Medicine Man Technologies, which was a consulting company and then, you know, graduated into some other things as well. And my very first client with Medicine Man Technologies, uh, one of the gentlemen was named TJ Johnsrud, and he owned um, pharmacies and, and uh, compound pharmacies around the United States. At the time, he owned 25 compound pharmacies and pharmacies and, and had dedicated his life to making medicine and had received all kinds of awards for the work that he had done. And he had to write a white paper on how he was going to advance the science of cannabis in order to get a license in Illinois. And I read that white paper as his consultant and, uh, and it inspired me. And I said, TJ, we've got to do this. And what he had proposed was to, pr uh, to, to create a private research company that's uh, a cannabis licensee. And so I love TJ. He's, a, he's the ultimate entrepreneur. And he said, yeah, let's do it. And so it took us, I don't know, a couple of years. So that was the summer of 2015, I guess it was. Um, and it took us until 20 of 18 to open our doors, November of 20 of 18. And, but we had to figure out a lot of things, you know, what a facility looked like, how we did research, employees we had to hire, what equipment did we need? We had to literally change laws in Colorado. So we wrote the bill and ran it and got a license type for research created. Um, and, and what's important about that license type is that we're allowed to work directly with clinical researchers in Colorado um, to create dosage forms with them, to be able to administer those dosage forms directly to the patients uh, so that it doesn't have to go through a dispensary and, and lose chain of custody. Our facility is both GMP and GAP certified so that researchers who uh, are going through peer review won't have trouble um, with that with, you know, with that end of, of uh, the study saying, hey, you know, this wasn't manufactured consistently or whatever. So, uh, you know, it enabled us to work directly with re clinical researchers in ways that we've never um, been able to do before. And we've also applied for the, the bulk manufacturing license that is now allowed or it is now uh, available in the United States, you know, federally to compete with the University of Mississippi to provide cannabis and cannabis dosage forms to clinical researchers all over the nation. And we're one of the 35 that applied in 2016 and has made it through the process with the DEA so far. And, uh, and they just opened up, you know, they just posted proposed rules uh, for the licensing and we're commenting on that. And, and we're hoping to win one of those licenses so that we can continue our research around the country. Cannabis Realities will return after this brief recess. It's time to Hemp Resent. I am going to titillate your audio orifices with weekly radio rendezvous with some of the premier movers, shakers, and history makers of the cannabis community. Radio resident Hempo Sapien Vivian McPeak. I will be putting out a call to action on the issues of the day and putting your interests under the big lights as I provide cannabis commentary and weekly interviews that go straight for the Nugular. 
FM presents only on Cannabis Radio. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Cannabis Realities is back to cross-examine the issues affecting the cannabis industry. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Sandy, that's really an interesting opportunity. And just like a lot of entrepreneurs, you saw the opportunity in the distance and then had to figure out a way to get there. I see hear that so often from uh, highly successful entrepreneurs like you. What other what other companies are out there now doing anything close or attempting to to do what Medfarm is doing in this space right now? Uh, I don't think there's any. Um, I know we're the only marijuana licensed. A company, you know, somebody that can grow and sell marijuana in the United States. That's also a research licensee. Uh, Pennsylvania has research license under their Chapter 20 rules allowed, but they haven't issued them yet. So I believe we're the only ones. And that was one of the hardest things about starting this business is trying to attract investment to it because it's never been done before. And it was, you know, it's risky because of that. But some of the research that we've teed off right now is just phenomenal. Um, and it just excites me. It says, and that you walk into this place and the employees, uh, are just invigorated and they're just such a close team. And, you know, we have doctors of chemistry, you know, medicinal chemistry, doctors of microbiology, uh, 35 year compound pharmacists, other professionals that are in there. It's just an amazing team. Now you, uh, part of, of, of having this license and the capacity and the capabilities that you built at Medform gives you the um, ability to do this kind of phased clinical research. What, uh, what mm-hmm. folks are involved in that research, like behind Medform, who's, who's coming yeah. to Medform and structuring, uh, we'll call them clinical trials because they really do test the unknown component against uh, placebo or some other known component. Uh, who's, who's involved in doing that work now? That's correct. Um, so, you know, with my partners, we have deep reach into the, the medical and the research communities. And so we have people that are um, part of research projects. So uh, 
there's there's people that have done one of them it's 179 i think it was clinical research projects in his life or been on the board of them um you know for instance i'm not going to name names and you know reveal all kinds of stuff but (laughs) we have a dementia alzheimer's um study that that you know we've developed and and we have all the members of and you know we have doctors on board that are world-renowned um neuros you know neurologists and we have clinics that are on board that provide uh scans for uh will provide scans for the, the the study we have um dementia uh, hospitals i guess or whatever it's called care facilities on board they're going to help provide the patients so there's there's large teams involved with the different studies of uh you know bringing in different professionals to, to help out um but the basis of the studies are formed by our team and then we go out and look for the assistance do you, do you see that over the you know the next term of this, if you're looking five or ten years down the road, is big pharma going to become engaged in this space? Do you think? Oh, they absolutely will. Um, you know, one of the things I think we talked about discussing were the different areas that are next, and mm-hmm. and there's there's quite a few, but the one that I'm really focused on right now is the medicinal side. You know, I believe that the marijuana world will will change right now you have medical and recreational in in different states and those will will merge into one one line i mean there's no need for a different track of medical and recreational where they are because really medical is just helping people with less taxes and maybe being able to buy more uh, or whatever the products are exactly the same there's no need for two sets of regulation for that um, you know, just maybe a way to be able to give some cost benefit to people that are using it well, with a doctor's note. Um, but then the other side, you know, you maybe you call that the therapeutics or the, um, you know, the over-the-counter marijuana. Uh, the other side will be the FDA trial side. And um, that's the side that I'm looking at right now because I think there's a lot of low-hanging fruit, uh, pardon the pun, on that side. And not only you know, discovering that, you know, the different compounds and the right formulations and the right dosage forms to impact the human condition reliably and repeatedly. Not only is that great for humankind, but that's, you know, that's great for the company. Uh, It's going to be very valuable for the company. And um, it's exciting work. And I think as soon as the federal government um, makes it so that these, these global companies don't have to worry about their banks dropping them or whatever. If they they get into the space, you're going to see big pharma get into it, and you know it's right. Let alone even the even the physicians that that have their own DEA licenses. Until the DEA begins to embrace this part of the cannabis business, the licensed research part, uh, those investigators yeah. and those skilled clinicians really can't participate in the marketplace. Uh, and hopefully, that's something that we'll see change in the future. Yeah, well, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Unbelievable. So you mentioned the banking uh, space. What do you? How does that? Do you think impact uh, the way this uh, these companies have grown and developed? I mean, cert- there certainly hasn't oh, been an absence in the market of private investment in capital, but uh, we know there's practical impediments. Yeah. No, it makes cost of capital really high, um, and you know, I don't know. It, it makes it makes growing these companies a lot more difficult um, and and more expensive. So. I mean, and and it's a public safety issue. I mean, if the 
these criminals believe that you know marijuana business owners are are stuffing mattresses full of money, then then that's uh, a public safety issue. Or if they believe that we're we have a lot of cash in our facility and they can rob it and and uh, do really well, even though that's not the case, you know that's a public safety issue. Um, as far as running a business. I'm just happy to have a checking account. You know, we had times where we didn't even have a checking account to be able to pay employees and pay, pay contractors. Everything was cash. We had to pay our taxes in cash, et cetera. So I'm happy to have a bank account now where I can do that. But again, it's going to take federal action, whether it's a safe banking act or, or some action to legalize cannabis at the federal level. Uh, you know, I think, I think the safe banking act would uh, go a long way to uh, opening up banking for us somewhat. Yeah, I think once we also can see a way to opening up our interstate borders, it'll it'll change the, uh-huh. the paradigm of the way businesses operate now. Uh, as this interstate business is a very uh, different and unique model that I don't think is duplicated anywhere else. No, it's very difficult. Imagine you manufacture products. Well, it's very expensive to to create a manufacturing facility. Uh, for what we do. And if you have to replicate that facility in every state in order to sell products, um, you know, it's, it's, it's quite, uh, it's quite the impediment and, you know, working with others to license your product, you don't always get the same quality that you'd want if you're doing it yourself. So it's, it's very tricky to expand outside of borders. Right. And, and part of part of that is if each state is going to adopt their own regimen of cannabis and what they want on the label, what uh, stability yeah. they're looking for, what contents they're looking for from a manufacturer's standpoint, that's going to hobble the growth of the industry. And part of the thing I think find really exciting about MedFarm is it's really rooted in the science side of this, so, where, uh, so that you can you can begin to measure and uh, you know how the product is manufactured, what its purity is, and what its stability is, and that's really the building, the, the beginning of the building blocks to creating a standardized product to achieve a certain end result. That's going to be, you know, we know when we grab the Budweiser what we're getting uh, in cannabis in the cannabis marketplace. You don't really have that yet, except around some of the branding that you see. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, MedFarm's on the leading edge of that, not only in consistency of the, the dosage forms. I mean, they have all the analytics on site, uh, but also in the technology to deliver it with with nanotechnology. And I mean, just the stuff that they've developed uh, is just amazing. And now uh, we're even starting genetic works to start bringing out some of the minor cannabinoids that are hard to produce um, for, you know, in any quantity. Uh, for use in production, because some of these minor cannabinoids can do some amazing things, yeah. and and so the the research that they're doing there, the consistency of the products and the technology that they're able to deliver with, uh, really sets them apart. Well, I want to uh, probe a little bit further and get some of your insights about the future, but let's take a brief uh, commercial break. Cannabis realities will return after this brief recess. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is him, think that's the point Download 
can play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. The cannabis industry is evolving at a radical pace, progressing toward the green peak. Each week, join Richard Zwicky, a cannabis visionary and entrepreneur, as he interviews experts from around the globe to discuss updates and evolutions in the world of cannabis. The The Green Green Peak Peak with Richard Zwicky. The National Cannabis Industry Association presents the 2020 Cannabis Caucus Event Series from March 10th through March 26th. Don't miss this exclusive opportunity for NCIA members to network, learn about regional issues from influential guest speakers, and get the latest news about NCIA's federal policy work and emerging topics. Look for this year's only tour of Cannabis Caucus events coming to Portland, Denver, St. Louis, Detroit, Chicago, Newark, Sacramento, and Los Angeles this March. Stay connected, get informed, and take action to protect our industry and your business. Register now for your complimentary tickets at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. Cannabis Realities is back to cross-examine the issues affecting the cannabis industry. Only on CannabisRadio.com. So well, thanks. We're back with uh, Andy Williams. And Andy, tell us a little bit about how you view the future growth of the company. Do you, are you looking east for opportunities? Whenever I talk to folks uh, in a different time zone in the cannabis business, I'm always asking them, look, look to the east. It'll remind you of what it used to be like because we're trying to get this business up and running uh, on the east coast in a big way, and particularly in New Jersey, where we're recording from. Uh, tell us, do you have any interest in the New Jersey marketplace and what markets are interesting you now? Yeah, you know, with, with MedFarm itself, um, the the East Coast certainly interests me. Um, you know, I'm looking for markets that that have, um, you know, recre- I'd love to have recreational in the market because of the, you know, the number of customers that, that you can attract are far greater than a limited medical state. Um the next market I'm probably looking at is probably California uh, in terms of getting our products within it. But I do like I, I do like Florida a lot, but that's a tougher one. I do like New Jersey. I like Pennsylvania. Um, I will be applying there for the Chapter 20 research license when that comes back available. Um, Anyway, that, that's what we're looking at right now. But you know what, what we're really doing is focusing on on um, creating these unique dosage forms in Colorado, getting them proven, uh, licensing out our our the the manufacture and, and sale of these in, in other states, and then uh, focusing on our own research, uh, both genetics as well as uh, medicinal, and and so that's what we're doing, and, and a lot of that's going to be focused in Colorado. Um, you know, with our attention. Well, but we're also looking at partnerships. So people that want to start a company within their own state, uh, they have the, the business acumen and desire and the money to do it, but they don't have the know-how, uh, we can be an operating partner for them. So we are looking for opportunities like that in other states. 
Yeah, so much of uh, of our practice when New Jersey was opening up the medical market dealt with counseling folks just trying to uh, help them and point them to creating the necessary assets. And I'm not just talking about the financial assets, that that they have to get as well, but just the knowledge base assets of how the business of cannabis needs to be conducted, what you have to plan for. Um, those things were in uh, tremendously rare supply and you really needed to look west yeah. to, to consultants and to companies like MedFarm to provide that expertise. So I think that's going to be obviously yeah. a continuing part of the business for you. It really will. We've helped people now uh, around the country as MedFarm. We even have uh, New Zealand uh, as a client. So um, it, you're absolutely right. There's normal business planning when it comes to this stuff, but then there's very um, unique planning that has to be done for the cannabis space. And there's just not a lot of not a lot of resources to go to in order to get it. Right. So in the, in the brief time we've got left, Andy, what do you think uh, looking ahead a few years, if there's, and I know you're not necessarily a product specific proponent, but in, in either of the, uh, either the recreational or the medical side of this, do you see any products or placement of products that you think has um, tremendous potential and that are exciting to you? I'm thinking in terms of some of the micro dose products I've seen out in the Colorado space, some of the yeah. outcome specific products. Yeah. I mean, there's certainly products that, that are fine. Um, over the next few years, though, I, I'm, I'm struggling because I want to take a different question, which is really, you know, in, the, in the, the direction of the market. So right now we have a lot of cannabis companies that, you know, you have Incredibles that make phenomenal chocolates of many different types. Um, you have Keith Cola that makes a great drink and you have all these great products out there. But when this becomes legal, um, you're going to have Coca-Cola to compete with. You're going to have races to compete with, or you name it. You know, there's all kinds of companies out there that have brand loyalty for decades and decades and decades. And they will be able to produce products with cannabis in it. And I think a lot of the products and brands that are out there right now um, won't survive. I think some will. Some will. Um, and certainly there's going to be partners, partnerships that are forming up with these other big companies, but you know, that's going to be a real game changer. Um, and then also, you know, CPG up with, you know, Albertsons or, or Walgreens or whatever that they're going to want to sell this product because they're going to want the foot traffic. And so we might see the retail model change. Um, you know, I think there's, when this legalizes, it, it, there's going to be, some very big changes that this industry is going to have to go through. Hmm. Well, that's exciting time. What a, what a phenomenal time to be in this business. And I look, I look at the career and the career development that you've done and the path that you've taken, the tremendous contribution you've made to the industry. And it gets me nothing but excited to keep my eye on Andy Williams for the next 10 years, because I think we're really going to see where this market takes us uh, as it grows, develops and matures. Thanks so much, Andy, for joining us today. I really appreciate you taking the time.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.